All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Jono here from Fitness Education Online. I am super excited because we got a very special guest on the line this week, all the way from the USA. A little bit about this person. She's the editor at the Club Solutions Magazine, and she's the host at the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. If you're listening to this, you're obviously a podcast listener, so I definitely recommend checking out that podcast. Club Solutions in general, they're the number one business resource for the health and fitness industry in the in the USA and North America in general, I'm probably guessing. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Miss Rachel Zabanik-Chonko. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited. No, I thank you for coming on. I'm excited too. Rachel, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Sure. Um, Definitely treat others as you'd like to be treated. Um, Personally, just kindness is extremely important to me and I always want to treat others with respect. Um, That's definitely something I strive for as a leader. Yes. Love that. I live a similar one myself I, I, with everything I do, you know, obviously, especially when you're in business, you know, things like sales and customer service, you know, I think it's important to be like, okay, how would I want to be treated? What would I do there? I use a, a similar one as well. I think that there's like, um, I heard a good one the other day. I think like it's important. I think it's obviously important to share your opinion, share your beliefs where I think I can get a little bit messy, right? is if you think that your opinions are more important than um, respect for someone else or for yeah. even common courtesy, right? And that's yeah. that's the one I live by. Like I've got my opinions, but I don't think it's more important than, you know, respect for someone else and even just for, for common courtesy. So yeah. love that you've brought that up. And yeah, uh, no one likes a jerk. Exactly. exactly. That's a simple way to put <laughs> it, <you> right? <laughs> so Club Solutions Magazine, Rachel, I obviously know what you do there. Most of my listeners are going to be Australian, New Zealand's based. They may, may not know. Uh, let us know a little bit. What is Club Solutions Magazine? What's the what's the magazine about? What's the podcast about? What's your role yeah. there? Give us the, the 101 there. Yeah. So uh, Club Solutions is a business resource for health club owners and operators. Um, So we're a national publication reaching clubs all over the U.S. um, And our goal is really to educate and empower um, those professionals to, you know, have the best businesses possible. And at the end of the day, you know, empower their communities to be healthier. Um, So that's our ultimate goal is we really want to, you know, improve health outcomes in the communities that our clubs reside in. Um, So I have been with the organization for, I'm actually just coming up on my 10 year anniversary. Um, So I'm editor in chief. Started when you were 15 or? (laughs) Started when I was 22. (laughs) So um, yeah, And uh, oversee all of our editorial strategy. Um, In addition to the magazine, we also have, as you very kindly mentioned, a podcast. We also do a lot of leadership events for fitness professionals and um, just, yeah, social media, you know, all types of media to try to reach everyone where they enjoy consuming content. 
Awesome. And your your market is all USA based or North America based or across the world? What's do you have those stats handy? Yeah, so it's um I'd say 95% of it is US based, but we also do get readership from Canada um and some overseas as well, but the majority is the United States. Okay, cool. Well, that's perfect because what we're speaking about today is the trends over there in the USA. They're often different to what's going on over here in Australia and often ahead. It's kind of like something's big in, in the USA. And then, you know, two or three years later, it's, it's big in Australia and New Zealand. Now that, I don't know if that's even more the case now or less the case or completely different with, with COVID because it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like, it's just good over there in the USA, right? It's just like life back to normal or? Well, it depends on what state you're in. Okay. So um, it's been very different depending on the state that you're located in in regards to like regulations. Um, so California, like for example, if you're located in California, um, you faced mandated shutdowns for well over a year, which was mm-hmm. extremely challenging. Um, but if you lived in a state like Florida, you never were forced to close. So it's been wildly different just depending on what region of the United States you're in. Okay. Well, time of recording this New Zealand's in lockdown, right? Yeah. Um, Melbourne is the fitness industry is still in lockdown, but the, the rest of them is good. Uh, and Sydney just got out of lockdown like a couple of weeks ago. So that's, that's yeah. where we're at currently. And also this might come out in a couple of weeks time. So just for context, if people are listening, it's like, what New Zealand's not still in lockdown. It's, you know, it's <laughs> October at the time of recording this. So, uh, I'm going to hand it over to you here, Natasha, uh, uh, Rachel, let us know what's the, what are the trends at the moment? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, there's quite a few things. I'd say the biggest focus for gyms right now is really expanding market reach. So here in the U.S., and I know it's kind of similar for a lot of first world populations across, uh, sorry, uh, I don't know how to say that, Um, (laughs) privileged countries in the U.S., um, health outcomes are still a huge challenge. So we have a very unhealthy population in the U.S. Obesity is a major issue. So gyms are really trying to figure out how they can expand beyond their typical demographic Mm -hmm. and, you know, reach more people and draw them into their facilities. So I think historically gyms have done a really good job of attracting fit people and making fit people already even more fitter. And so what they're really trying to do is reach those members who are people who've never been members of a gym before and try to get them really engaged into a healthy fitness routine. So I'd say that's definitely one of the biggest trends. I don't know if that's something that you all are also, you know, dealing with. It's definitely a consideration. My follow-up question there is, have you found any good strategies? Um, one of the biggest things that clubs are really focusing on right now is changing up their marketing. So historically, you know, gyms have shown, you know, extremely fit people, a lot of younger people. And so a strategy, a lot of clubs are doing now is just showing real members. Yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is just updating the messaging itself. So instead of just focusing on the maybe the amenities that your gym has. It's really mm. focusing on what benefits a member will have by joining your gym or by, you know, working out with a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor. So uh, yeah, I'm men- yeah, sorry. Would you- no, no, you keep going. <laughs> yeah. So um, for example, mental health, I think has been something that a lot of gyms maybe have kind of under promoted just the mental health aspects of actually becoming a member of a gym and all the socialization and other 
you know, things that you get by just going into a gym stores. So that's something that I think that they're, those are just a few things they're really focusing on changing that I think will ultimately draw more people and a different variety of people into a health club. That's huge. I think those points are so big. Um, And a lot of people listening to this probably won't own a gym, but either they work at a gym or maybe they own a studio, a personal trainer in a studio, run a boot camp, And there's some really good stuff there for everyone listening. Uh, I love the imaging, right? And there's a few different things. I'll share personal experience and also what's working over here in, in the market as well. So I used to be a trainer at a big box gym right? They're big in America as well. One of the biggest, biggest um, chains in America and in Australia as well. And they wanted to, to you know, get their, their group fitness classes busier, right? So they did a photo shoot and they just, they got the, the best looking and fittest instructors. I missed out. I don't know why I must've been sick or something, but for, for some <laughs> reason, I, I didn't make that list of the, the best looking instructors and Hey, the, they brought a photographer and it looked nice. It looked sexy, you know, guys with, you know, good bodies and, you know, women in, you know, crop tops and, and whatever. Um, but guess what? Didn't help the, the, the yeah. numbers at all. Right. And especially with that side of things, cause it's kind of like, the people that look like that aren't actually those people that are doing the classes, right? It's yeah. kind of like the people that look like that are competing in bodybuilding tournaments and, you know, bikini competitions. Yes. Like they're not doing your pump fitness class or, or whatever it is, you know? So yes, exactly. Um, that was an interesting one. And then also with advertising. So my business runs Facebook ads for personal trainers. The ads that work the best is a group of real people, right? If you put an, a Facebook ad out there, and it's just really fit, good-looking people, it's going to flop because your average person, right, scrolling through, unless they're super fit already, they're scrolling through, right, and they're going to be like, oh, that, 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 those people look too fit for me. I'm not signing up, right? But yeah. if they see a group of people that look just like them, just a little bit happier and healthier, you know, yeah. you're scrolling through and it's like, oh, these people look like me. Why are they smiling? What are these people doing that are, that is so fun and, and making yeah. them so happy? Oh, they've signed up yeah. for this gym. Maybe this gym will make me happy. Let me click there. So that's that's huge there. And especially with the the benefits, right? That speaks to me because I don't really care how I look, you know. I, I exercise I care a little bit, but like the major reason why I exercise is to know if I exercise, I'm gonna be happier, I'm gonna be healthier, I'm gonna be less stressed, I'm gonna be less anxious, I'm gonna sleep better, I'm gonna have lower blood pressure, less chance of diabetes, more muscle tone, less chance of osteoporosis. Like that's why I exercise, right? But that message isn't often um, going out there, which is just as as powerful. And the same gym that I used to work at, right? They're advertising when it would be on, on Facebook. We've got a thousand treadmills. We've got the weights area. We've got the cardio area. Like no one really cares. And I think that's important, especially if you're a boot camp operator, a studio owner, often you value the equipment. Because you've put your your money on the line, you know, like if you've spent thousands of dollars on on this equipment, you value it because you've spent thousands of dollars on on, on it, right? But that's not what the average person, they don't care that you spent thousands of dollars on the equipment. They want to know, can you get them the result? Whatever that that may be there. So yeah, I think that's huge and such a, a good point there. And I think if you can capture that in as a as an owner, like it's just opening up for a new market. If you just keep, you know, and another good point as well is like the ads that don't work I've seen is ads that actually show exercise, right? If you throw an ad out there and it's you doing battle rope slams and kettlebell swings, like 
great. That looks cool if you're a trainer or if you're a fit person. But my mom's, oh man, this looks like hard work. You know, I'm not doing that. Keep scrolling. So yeah. Yeah. I think you're kind of, I think what we're really honing in on is there is an intimidation factor surrounding fitness for a lot of consumers. And I'm sure that's the case in the U.S. and overseas. Um, You know, I think younger generations are a little bit more comfortable going to a gym, entering, knowing what to do. But there are a lot of, you know, middle age and, and older people who exercise just wasn't a part of their routines growing up. And they are extremely comfortable or uncomfortable and they may want to work out and exercise they just have no idea how to get started. So I think for trainers, gyms, et cetera, I think it's really important to try to get into that mindset and understand why maybe someone has a fear of exercising and how you can help them overcome that fear in the, in the kindest and most helpful way possible. Love that. All right. What's our next trend, Rachel? Yeah, um, I think outdoor fitness has been huge here in the United States um, for obvious reasons. During shutdowns, people could not work out in, inside, um, so they had to turn to alternates, whether it was you know doing group exercise classes in the outdoors or gyms actually building entire facilities um, geared specifically towards outdoor fitness. And Westwood Clubs in Ireland is a really great example. They've actually recently invested, I think, around 700,000 US dollars into an outdoor fitness facility because they see that as a trend that's not going to go away. So I think that's huge. Um, You know, you're seeing a lot of people having an increase in going to parks, hiking. Um, So I think there's a lot of things that clubs and trainers can do, whether it's, you know, hosting a group hike outing, hosting a running club. I think a lot of people, I mean, there's just a lot of benefits of being outside for not just physical, but also mental health. So I definitely think that's a huge trend that the fitness industry can capitalize on. Love it. Follow-up question there. Why do you think that's um, such a good trend at the moment? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, I mean, I think COVID just had a lot to do with it in terms of its impact on our um, mental health. Mm. I think a lot of people were feeling extremely isolated, um, cooped up, bored. So I think they're just looking for ways to get side, outside of their house. Um, and if they can do that with other people, that's mm. even better. Love that. I think it's huge. So I, I agree hundred percent and I really resonate with that one because the way I look at that, obviously COVID has sped that one up, but I feel the world was going a little bit like that anyway. Let's mm-hmm. use myself as an example. I work from home. I've got an online business, right? I, I work from home. I live in a one bedroom apartment on my own. All right. Yeah. Now, it used to be, you've heard the term, um, we want the gym to be the third place. They use that mm-hmm. in, it's kind of like yes. home, work and, and gym, you know. Um, yeah. With me, I need a second place, right? So not even the third, the second. 
Now, the limitation is if that gym is, there's a couple limitations. If it's just me training on my own, it's kind of like live on my own, work on my own, train on my own. Like it's a very lonely life, right? So if there's a, a group side of things as well, that helps. But then the outdoor too, because it's like, all right, if I'm stuck in my one bedroom apartment all day, okay, great. I get into my my small Honda Civic car, drive yep. five minutes and then go into a, just a, a bigger sort of office. I'm just indoors the whole time, you know? It's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just not a nice feeling mentally. And then you want, you want your vitamin D, you want your fresh air. Like it's just a good opportunity to be outdoors. And I think if a gym can capitalize on that, where it's like, all right, you know, we know that people are, are indoors a lot of the time. It's not, let's just not get them indoors. There's nothing wrong with being you know, an indoor gym, but it's like another option as well. And even if it's like, you know, a lot of the gyms, even if it's not an outdoor boot camp that they're running, they've got a little outdoor section, you know, a little outdoor yeah. thing where you can do, even if it only holds a handful of people, it's just nice to have that thing there. So I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. I do think it could be as simple too, as just, you know, hosting group outings where you're just going through the forest and there's a mm. thing called forest bathing. I don't know if you've heard of that. There's a lot of scientific evidence behind the um, mental and physical benefits of literally just like walking through the woods. I know it kind of sounds silly, <laughs> but there, there is a lot of scientific, you know, evidence behind how powerful that can be. So yeah, I think it's even just as simple as that. It's just, you know, getting a group together and taking them on a small, short hike, or walk through the woods. And that's extremely powerful for health benefits and just the community building as well. Love it. Even just a beach, beach walk, right? Yeah. In Australia, mm -hmm. we've got heaps of them, you know, hey, every Saturday we, we do a beach walk, you know, or, or yeah. Um, yeah, beach walk. We've got a lot of like runs as well, you know, where it's kind of like weekend runs and social runs or, you know, bike rides. There's just a lot of options there. And it's kind of like, it's good because it's, I think it's good if it's the sort of thing that Someone could do on their own, but probably wouldn't. It's kind of like, eh, I could go to the beach yeah. and go for a walk, but nah, I can't be bothered. Oh, hold on. You know, I've got a whole group of friends that are doing it or a whole group of people are doing it. Yeah, I'm going to go and do it. And I also like, this is getting a little bit off topic. I love being barefoot. I hate wearing shoes. One of the, the reason why I train at the studio I train at is they let me train barefoot um, because it's <laughs> appropriate it. in, in, in that there. But like, I love just going barefoot on the beach. You know, there's something about, I'm sure there's some science with that as well. I haven't looked into it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some benefit there as, as well. So I'm sure I love that. All right. So we've got expanding the market. We've got outdoor fitness. What's another trend you got for us, Rachel? Yeah. So um, a really big topic of discussion here in the U.S. right now is how um, the fitness industry can partner with the medical community. Love it. Um, in particular to, you know, help solve some of these challenges that we were discussing earlier, whether it's obesity, other chronic conditions like heart disease um, or high blood pressure. So yeah, that is a huge thing right now. And that can range from, you know, a trainer getting certified, certified in medical fitness from an entire gym becoming certified in medical fitness. Um, or it could be as simple as implementing a wellness advisory board where a gym is, like literally has, you know, doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists on their team who are advising them on how they can best serve their communities. So that's definitely a huge thing that we're seeing here in the US. Love it. Uh, I'm not familiar with the term um, certified in medical fitness. So I don't think we have that in Australia. What does, is that an extra certification that covers certain things? What, can you tell us a little bit about that, Rachel? Yeah, it is. So, um, 
there's one organization called the Medical Fitness Association that you, you can actually apply to become a certified medical fitness facility. Um, it's an extremely intense process. You have to have like a lot of qualifications. You have to meet a lot of requirements. But if you are able to, you know, get that certification and, and pass all of those guideline, guidelines, it gives you a lot of credibility in your community to that you're a valued resource for um, healthcare providers to send people to, to become healthier, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So let me get my head around this. So it's the certification for the gym, not a specific yes. trainer. Is that right? Yes. For the entire gym. Gotcha. A, tra- a personal trainer couldn't do a course in, you know, medical fitness and now they're a medical fitness trainer. You know, I, there may be certifications for trainers, um, but the one I'm thinking of in particular is for f- entire fitness facilities. Gotcha. So the, the the gym would apply for it and there would be certain criteria they need to meet. You know, hey, have you got a, a, a practitioner on board? Have you got a physiotherapist exactly. on board? That sort of stuff? Exactly. Do, do you know what sort of what the criteria is or or, or any idea of it? Um, yeah, I, I'm not able to list off the top of my head, but yes, um, I believe like you have to be able to show that you can provide certain outcomes for individuals. So like if a doctor refers you, um, it's really helpful to have like a program that you're like, Hey, if you have someone who's suffering from, um, heart disease, like I have the specific program that we can put them through. And these are the specific outcomes that we've shown the people who go through this program have. Um, That's just one example of a potential. I'm not hundred percent certain if it's as simple as that, um, but that's just an idea of an example. Okay. That's interesting. That's one that I don't think has hit Australia yet. There's sort of the, the idea behind it, you know, Oh yeah, let's get, let's get more of a connection with the, the medical community. The closest thing we have is, so we've got Fitness Australia, which is equivalent to like maybe a NASM, I guess you would say would be the closest comparison. And they can, like, you can be a fitness, there's an accreditation that you go through there, which shows that you're sort of, you know, an an accredited, but it's not quite medical. You know, it's more like, is it a a certain standard, Um, which is a good start, I think, but there's nothing, because I feel the what you're talking about is you're, you're the gym in the community. You know, if someone's got a heart condition or someone's got, you know, diabetes, okay, I can go to any of these. I'm going to pick this one with the, um, that's got that accreditation there. And it's probably a great place to refer, you know, the, the general practitioner is like, okay, you got to go to a gym. This one's got the programs you go there. Yeah. Cause I, um, I don't know how it is, um, where, sorry, in Australia, but in the US, the medical community has had um, sort of like a distrust among gyms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was probably going back to some of the things that we were talking about earlier with messaging, um, reputation that gyms only help fit people, people get fitter. I think a lot of doctors were maybe just a little bit hesitant to pass off their patients to a gym because they were unsure of how that gym would maybe treat their client if they'd actually, you know, be able to help them. So that has been a huge thing right now where gyms are really trying to earn the trust of the medical community that, Hey, we can help your patients who have these, these issues that can be helped, helped through health and exercise and medical fitness certifications are one way to show, Hey, I'm going to go above and beyond to ensure that I can actually help your patient help people with these particular 
conditions, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple follow up, huge, three, quite a few follow up <laughs> questions here because it's, I, 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 this interests me and it's very different to what's over here. So, one, a little bit off the topic. Do you use the term GP in the USA? If I was to say GP, do you know what that means? Is that general practitioner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You, you use that as well. You'll say, we don't do, say yeah. GP. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cause I'm, oh, well, so we do, we know what that is, but you usually just say like your doctor or your family doctor, that'd be the gotcha. more common term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm curious. I'm like, if I'm speaking to America and I say, yeah, go and see your GP, they'll know what it means though. Right. My, probably. <laughs> on the con yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, okay. So on the, there's a few different angles I want to go here. Is it kind of like expected to do this this medical fitness certification or is that just like one of the things you can do to show that you're on top of this it is not expected gotcha. um more and more gyms are going that route um it's it is challenging because you do have to ha meet so many requirements yeah. it, it takes a lot of investment like a lot of times you have to completely change how you operate who you hire yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a route more and more clubs are taking. Um, but yeah, there's like other little things that you can do that maybe don't go as far as getting certified. Um, like I said, you could do other things like, you know, just talking to doctors in your area and asking how you can be of service as a gym. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's like other things people are doing. I mean, the wellness advisory board was a great example. And that's Cedardale mm. Health and Fitness here in the US. Um, they just recently did that this year. And they've had a lot of really interesting conversations by just talking to healthcare providers in their community. For example, they f discovered that fall prevention was something that um, a lot of their seniors were really struggling with. Mm. So you know, seniors were struggling to, after COVID, you know, a lot of them weren't as mobile, they weren't getting out. So a lot of them were just falling a lot more. So that's something that Cedardale Health and Fitness wouldn't necessarily have known about unless they'd partnered with this wellness advisory board, talked to doctors in their community and found out, hey, this is a, a need that you can really help serve. Yeah. Love that. I think there's a couple of good messages there. I think one is do whatever you can or do everything you can because you don't know what's going to work. So let's, let's see what does. And I like just the networking side of things because it's kind of like, all right, you can just sit back and hope that this is going to happen. But if you go out and network, it's being a bit more active and whether it's, whether it is your GP, whether it is a physiotherapist, a nutritionist, a chiropractor, whatever it may be, start that conversation and then something might come across it. You know, the, the more people you know, the more chance you have of, of getting that connection there. And yeah, I just think networking is a, a great example there. Yeah. Uh, all right. I want to be sensitive of your time, Rachel. Do you want to give us, you got one more tip for us? Um, yeah. So I think... <laughs> I think another thing that was just really hu huge during the pandemic was the fitness industry recognizing the importance of being involved politically. Um, mm. Here in the U.S., I think a lot of gyms weren't necessarily in touch with their local, state, and federal politicians and didn't necessarily know who they were. Yeah. And so, you know, when COVID happened, you know, they didn't have a seat at the table. And yeah. that's why a lot of the shutdowns, I think, you know, that also depended on what state you were in. Um but yeah, that's definitely a huge one is clubs and 
I think trainers too, just realizing that it's really good to know who the leaders are in your community so that when a crisis is happening, you're not, it's more easier to have those conversations and, you know, explain the benefits of what you do versus maybe a political leader just having no idea Mm. what a gym does, what a trainer does. That was definitely something we saw here. Yeah, that's huge. That's such a good tip. I think that's definitely, definitely the same over here in, in Australia. So yeah, I think for everyone listening, that's great. And it, it's, I, I, how can I put this? I think it's good, it, it, similar to that networking point and also community. A lot of what we're talking about here can almost be rounded up into like, hey, be a good member of your community. Yeah. Right? If you're just sort of isolated, ah, yeah, I run my my gym or my studio or my boot camp, and it's my thing, and I'm in this little bubble, like sort of limiting yourself, right? But it's kind of like, all right, hey, I'm part of this community. This is my little role in the community. But let me see what everyone else does in the community. How can I help out other people? How can I, you know, do some favors here? How can I meet more people? And it's going to help in the the long run there too. Um, And with the political side of things as well, it's a little bit off topic, but this is also why it's important. So here in Australia, most train or Fitness Australia is like the the big body, right? It's kind of like a NASM, but you don't have to be registered with them, right? It's kind of like qualifications, you know, you can go and train and, and not or whatever. That's also one of the advantages of being registered with a body like that. Fitness Australia, if you're in New Zealand, Exercise New Zealand or, or Reps New Zealand, um, because it gives you that power as well. Yes, it's good to be obviously know your local politicians and community as well, but it can also help if there's something like that, which gives you power as an, as an organization. Let's use um, Fitness Australia as an example, right? Let's say no trainers registered with Fitness Australia. We have no voice. You're gone. Right. But let's say every single trainer in Australia registered with, with Fitness Australia, then there's a body. Then there's someone that can actually go to the government and say, hey, you know, we've got 100,000 trainers here and we're all doing this and we're all doing that. It's, it's like here in Australia, it's, it's, it's different, but I'll use this as an example. There were some shutdowns with the construction industry. And they just said, you know, they caused riots, well, not caused riots, but, you know, they um, <laughs> yeah. complained. And because their industry is so big, like the government sort of bent over backwards and was like, okay, now you can still work. Now, the fitness industry is never going to be the constructors industry. So it's it's not a, a, a app, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but it's a, another way to look at there. And I was going to ask your um, a question on that, Rachel, because I think it's a bit different in the USA. There's not like a, a fitness America, right? There's like NASM, there's ACE, there's different bodies. You can register with different bodies. You can not register. How does that sort of work over there? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar. So there's, you know, a lot of entities. Um, I think the overarching one that a lot of people are members of is URSA, um, which does have um, a National Health and Fitness Alliance. And their goal is to be that united voice for the fitness industry here in the U.S. and um, ensure that, you know, the industry does have a seat at the table at the Mm -hmm. government level. Um, So, but yeah, I think you're hitting kind of the nail on the head. I think it's important around the world that the fitness industry is united, um, that we do come together as much as possible. We are a smaller industry um, overall, like you said, than compared to maybe construction (laughs) or or healthcare here in the U.S. Um, But yeah, I think the more that we can, you know, have those entities, bodies, um, you know, representing us, I think the better. So yeah, if you have an opportunity to get involved with an organization, I think you should. 
Mm. And it's usually affordable. You know, it's not like you're paying thousands of dollars a year to, to be part of these. Yeah. It's usually a couple hundred bucks. You get a few benefits, you get a few freebies, but you also get like a, a voice, which I think is important. So all right, just a, a couple questions I like to finish up with Rachel. Um, who did you vote for? Donald Trump or no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not the, that's not the, that's not the, the question. Um, so my question is around mentors. So your role now, you know, you obviously speak to a lot of heavy hitters in the space. You're obviously a mentor for a lot of people in the, the fitness industry. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been, Rachel. And if you can answer this in a few different ways, if there's like someone that you've, um, you've paid to do like a coaching program or a course or something like that, you're like, okay, yeah, I've learned so much from this. Someone that you haven't paid, but you follow them on social media, you know, you listen to their podcast or you follow them on Instagram or watch their Facebook posts, whatever it is. And you're like, yeah, you know, this is, I respect this person here, or this is my leader in the fitness industry, whatever it may be. Um, and a book that you recommend every fitness business owner should read. Okay. Yeah. So, so paid, unpaid slash influencer slash friend, and then book. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, unpaid. So I'm, I'm a huge podcast listener. <laughs> I, I consume podcasts per, uh, constantly. Um, and the one that I'm the biggest fan of is armchair expert by uh, Dex Shepard and Monica Padman. I don't know if that's popular in Australia. What is it? Yeah. So, um, they do interviews, um, with celebrities, but also scientists, um, philosophers, experts of all kinds. Um, and it's really just talking about a wide range of things, but you'll get nuggets on everything from how to, you know, have more cognitive functioning, um, how to just be a better person. <laughs> um, they, I don't know, it's just a very human and real podcast. And I just really respect the, um, hosts, so that's a great one that I definitely consume all the time. Um, in terms of a book, um, I've just started reading Atomic Habits, oh. um, which I think I have actually the author pulled James up Clear. here. James Clear. I know because I did a podcast yesterday and they said, oh, really? the ex- I asked this question on every podcast, right? And they gave yeah. the exact same answer. Yeah. Who was it? So Alex Von Hogan. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you, if you listen to this, yeah, you've got the same book tip <laughs> twice, two weeks in a row. So go and read it. Yeah. So I just started reading it. Um, but, um, that was one that I've been recommended to by a lot of fitness professionals. Um, and it's kind of talking about some of the things that we were referencing earlier in retard in regards to, um, behavior and lifestyle management and just really getting into the psyche of um, a person or an individual and figuring out how to help them. Um, so I haven't finished it yet, but I've started it and I will say it has one of the most compelling and riveting intros in a book that I've ever read. So I would definitely pick it up if you're on the fence about it. Yep. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. And then I guess in just in terms of um, other mentors, I would like to do a shout out to my publisher, Sean McDonald, who owns the company. Um, he's been really great in you know, helping me grow over the last 10 years and taking a chance on a 22 year old <laughs> and giving them the reins of the publication. So I just like to say that. Love it. Question back with the podcast. Do you listen yeah. to many fitness business podcasts? You know, I should, but no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That the podcast for me is kind of one of the ways that I um unwind. So yeah. I typically try to find podcasts that I have like a personal interest in and it's like my kind of escape. You kind so. of be working fitness business all day. The last thing you want yeah. to do is drive home and listen to more fitness business. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Love it. All right, cool. So Rachel, that's pretty much all, all I wanted to cover today. 
Was there anything I should have asked you but didn't or anything you want to finish us off with? No, I really appreciate the opportunity to, you know, join you on the podcast. I appreciate your time. No, thank you. And so if we want to find out more about, well, I guess two things, if we want to find more out about Club Solutions, the best thing to do is obviously listen to the podcast. And I'll also put a link down, to, I'll put a link to the podcast and to the, the website in the show notes. If someone wants to follow you personally, Rachel, you got any social media accounts, Instagram, LinkedIn, or you're more a personal person on there? Yeah. So um, LinkedIn is definitely the best way to reach me if you want to connect. And I love that. So that would be great. Awesome. I'll also put Rachel's LinkedIn down in the show notes as well. Uh, all right, Rachel, thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you. It was uh, so nice to meet you and talk to you. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes, all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you, or you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.